0: said amen Amen. Amen. yeah praise God he's awesome isn't he grab a seat just don't go to sleep on me there's coffee right over there if you didn't get any all right so glad you're here today we welcome you in the beginning we always welcome the village of Oak Creek and the campus that's there and we also welcome the the live stream that's going on at the gospel rescue mission but today we also have our team challenge men over here and so we want to welcome them yeah awesome always blessed to have you guys with us great to have everybody here in house those of you that are joining us online it's great to be in god's house miss ruthie's in the back there for the youth and so uh if you're from sixth grade to 12th head on back there they're going to take you for your service the kids are already downstairs and if they aren't you can do that as well i believe the door may be locked so the security will have to let you in all right time for your accountability you ready did you spend at least five minutes a day, five days last week, listening or reading God's Word? Yes. Awesome. Just remember, those of you that are on the campus, and if you're watching, you're held accountable as well, and I want you to respond. So let's do this. Did you spend some time alone with God this week with no agenda of your own? Yes. Did you spend some time with Him with an agenda? Yes. Don't normally ask that one, but you need both, right? Yes. All right. Did you... Do you know what the Holy Spirit's saying to you? Yes. Well, that was maybe half of you, so the rest of you all should probably make sure you're awake and listening, because he's going to speak to you today. Yeah. Are you giving as God has asked you to give in your time, your talents, and your resources? Yes. Did you share Jesus with someone this week? Yes. You invite someone to church with you today. Yes. Beautiful. Let's read God's word together. We're looking in 1 Timothy chapter 2. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. There's no parentheses there to put exclusions. Yeah, some of you are paying attention, right? Give thanks for them. It says give thanks for everybody. Let's keep reading. Pray for this. Pray this way for your for the kings or president and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. Yeah. Woo! You can praise God. You need to. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amazing. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. So as we're looking in God's word, we know this, church. We see in the scriptures that he is calling everyone to faith in Jesus Christ, right? There's no exclusions. There's no one excluded from our prayer life. There's no one excluded from the the grace and the reach of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need to understand this, church. This isn't the only place that we read this that God intends for everyone to be saved. I mean, John three sixteen is the golden text of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave. There's no exclusions. The same truth. There's other places in Scripture that speak the same thing, but we don't need to get stuck here. It's important that we in the church understand this, though. There's no one outside of God's reach or grace. And that he loves them and he died for them. No matter who they are. Now, last Sunday, and writing the names on the tablecloth right over there on the cross. Now, they did that at the Gospel Rescue Mission, and it's right there for the, for the live uh, stream that's happening there. It's underneath that one. They're together. And then at the Village of Oak Creek, we also have them on the cross up there, and we wrote those names there, and we are praying. And our action step last week, as we're traveling through this month, is that we're praying for those names. The reason we're praying for those names is that God gave them to us. We were asking the Holy Spirit Show us who it is that you have in my circle of influence that you are nudging towards the line where they will say yes to you. And so as we're praying for this, the word of God says that we're supposed to pray for everyone, but specifically for that name. We are asking God this month, specifically in August, that he would allow us to lead them to saving faith in Jesus Christ. All right, we're doing this, right? (laughs) Yeah. So we're praying and asking God for that name, and then we're saying, Okay, God, now save them. How can I help? How can I help? Don't be a hindrance. How can I help, Lord? How do you want me to step in? Where do you want me to step in? Where do you want me to step out? When should I talk? When should I shut up? When should I text? When should I call? What should I do? We are learning to discern the Holy Spirit's promptings. Church, this isn't just a a revelationary month, it is. And God wants to transform his church, and I believe he wants to transform every single person that's listening to my voice right now. That it's not just a a work of action, but it's a work of the Spirit of God in us that he uses to do a work of the Spirit in them. And if it's not happening in us, it'll never happen in them. All right, we can't save anyone, only God can. Therefore, if we're not in tune with what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, there's no way the Spirit of God can speak in the way that he wants to in us. Church, let's do this. (laughs) We're called to pray for all people. Okay, so that means the people you don't like. That means those people that are in your seat this morning. I know some of you were like lost when you came in. That whole section was displaced by Team Challenger, but I loved it. I see people walking in, they're lost, right? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah, we get so comfortable in our space. It's crazy, isn't it? I don't mean just in church, I'm talking about in life. And we're praying for people, and God's asking us to pray for them. We, We are praying and asking and agreeing with that God would speak even to those we don't agree with. It's crazy because we're all about division in our whole society. We're all about division. There's nothing out there speaking a word of unity. That's because that's God's love and intention is unity. But the the enemy is all about division. And that's why the message that is being out there is separate yourselves by race, by gender choice. Separate yourself By your financial setting, separate yourself by Democrat, Republican, Independent, whatever. Separate yourselves, divide, hold the line, be strong in who you are in this area only. It's all about division. And the Word of God says to pray for everyone. Prayer reaches across the aisle, prayer reaches across the dividing line that the enemy wants to build. Prayer transforms relationships in a house. Prayer does everything that we can't do because that's an act of God, and we need him desperately. <laughs> My daily prayer is for our president and our vice president, that they would come to know Jesus or he would remove them. My daily prayer is for the House and the Senate to get in line with what God says in the truth of the Scripture, or that God would remove them. It's the same for our governor. Governor Hobbs, all the House and Senate of Arizona, and these that are here in our city, the City Council and Mayor Romano. I'm saying, God, get a hold of them or get them out. You remember what we just read in the scriptures that pray for them that you might live in peace? I want to live an easy life. I'm not lying to you. I don't want to go through any garbage. But if there's not a transformation of our leadership, we're going to go through some junk and therefore it should motivate you to pray and do something about what God's asked us to do, right? Would you stop? I'm not on social media, just so you know. I do that intentionally because I want to still love y'all. Okay? (laughs) But look, man, I hear it. I see it. I hear about it all the time where everybody's like constantly cramming their opinions and like arguing and debating. Like, stop it. Why? We have a message of hope. All right, let's speak that message. Let's let's them hear that. It's going to make you stand out in the crowd because nobody's doing that. Amen. Speak the message of hope in Jesus Christ. That will be on a dividing line. I know that. But let's do the right one, okay? So look, we're called to pray for people that are even living stupid, wrong lives. Right? I mean, you know some stupid people, don't you? Yeah. I mean... I, They may not be here today, but I know some. I didn't want anybody to get a complex or anything, so, you know, I do know some stupid people, and I see them, and the reason I'm saying they're stupid is because they know the right way, and they're living the wrong way. I mean, it's like, how can you do that? How can you, like, just put Jesus aside and do this over here and do your own thing? How can you do that? He's God. He's amazing, And therefore, I am praying for them to open up their eyes, that their heart might be open, that they might see the truth and repent of their own evil ways. Church, we desperately need a move of God. Jesus didn't die for the select few. He didn't. And there's some people out there that think that. See, God didn't just choose you. He chose you, but he didn't just choose you. He chose everyone. There's not the select few that he's saying, yeah. There's not a few that he's selected to go to heaven and the rest of y'all can go burn in hell. That's not God. It's not. Church, it's always been in his heart to redeem people. It is his heart, all the lost. And everyone is lost and needs to be saved. We read these scriptures last week, we're reading them, and we're adding to them here in Romans 3, because a lot of us have learned some of these verses in scripture, but we need to see the fullness of what God wants to speak into us. Listen to God's word. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. Remember reading this last week? That's a moment of celebration, just so you know. If you don't know the Old Testament law, thank God, you don't have to live it because you would be under a pile of rocks because you couldn't. So right now as we look at this opening statement to us it's a time for the church to celebrate that God made a way for us to have a relationship with him outside of the law. As we promised in the writing as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ and this is true for everyone who believes no matter Who we are. There we are again. You see that? How God has included everyone in this amazing message, and that Jesus is the one and only Savior. There is no one else. There should be a lot more amens in here than that. It's the way it is. You don't have to like it. You don't even have to agree with it. It is what it is because God said so. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in his sight. Wow. Do I have to ask for an amazing, praise God, man, he's awesome. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty For our sins, for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. The sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past, for he was looking ahead and including them and what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then? Yeah, man. (laughs) Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. Ah, thank you, God. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. All right. Everyone's lost and needs to be saved. Some are more lost than others. Amen. They are. I mean, there are people that are more lost. Now, you may not think that like, makes sense to you, but let's see what Jesus has to say about this. See, I've had a burden for the church. I am, you know, if you do spiritual gifts tests, one of my high uh gifts is evangelism my heart bleeds for lost people. But I tell you what, God did something inside of me probably like 15, 18 years ago, where he broke my heart for people in the church. (laughs) And through the years, God has just absolutely increased this burden inside of me in a good way for church Christians. church Christians that need to be saved themselves. See, (laughs) when I talk about this, I want you to hear from my heart, and then we're going to look at what Jesus said here. Um, See, a lot of lost people don't see their need of Jesus because they see church Christians... And they see church Christians that don't live any different than them, talk any different than them, go in any different places than them, live just like them. So why would a lost person think they need Jesus when the Jesus person who claims to be this lives no different than them? What is the point? Yeah, I'm just letting the Holy Spirit bring that conviction down where it's needed right now. Seriously. It breaks my heart. It's like, God, why in the world are we in the church seeing ourselves as Christian based on anything other than our surrender to Jesus Christ? Are we living that truth? Are we living in that relationship with God where my life is being transformed? I should be different. If you were here last Sunday and you are a Christian, you should be different today. You can't be the same. God is a creative, powerful, moving God. And he is not stagnant in anything he does. This isn't about the way you feel. It's the work of God within you. And there has to be something that God is dealing with you about. If you're not listening and knowing, then you are not listening. God's doing something. He's stirring. There are people going to hell every single day. People that you know and I know. And God's heart is breaking for them. And we're all caught up in our own self. And we don't see those that are being lost every day. Church, as I look at this, like, God, please help us. Why in the world? Oh, God, we just need you. I'm not going to go there. Let's look at what God says here in in Luke as he's speaking here. We want to take a glimpse into this moment with Jesus. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. You know, the Pharisees were these church leaders who dressed different than everyone else, and they were seen as righteous. They tried to live the law. They claimed to live the law, and they interpreted the law and put it on other people, different things that were there. They were very self-righteous. This individual invites Jesus to have dinner with them. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind <laughs> I love that. <laughs> she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. See, she saw herself as not even worthy to be in front of him. She went behind. And as she was weeping, her tears fell on his feet. And she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. This is like this beautiful moment where this seriously lost person sees there's hope. And they see, this lady saw that that hope was Jesus, and she sought him with all of her heart. Now let's keep reading. When the Pharisees saw when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him the story. A man loaned money to two people. 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. Neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose, the one for whom you canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman, and he said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who has forgiven little, shows only a little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Isn't that awesome? Oh, Lord, thank you. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So in this story, it's more than just us looking at something and, you know, that's, I mean, just being in awe of Jesus. Honestly, as we look in this, Jesus is helping us to identify the self-righteous and the unrighteous. Those that think they're righteous and those that know they aren't. (laughs) The need that's deep within. and As we look at this account that's going on, we see that the self-righteous person was the one that was in need here (laughs) and never got it because it was so easy to see the sin of the other. They didn't even see their own. Didn't even see that they were not even doing the very basic things that they were called to do in serving, in hospitality. That wasn't even in their mind. You see, because it was all about self and self appearance, and therefore there was no thought of the other. So, many church Christians, in our country specifically, I don't know about other parts of the world, have the same mind of the Pharisee. (laughs) We do. Not even considering how we can serve others, but how we're served. I know this for a fact, so I don't know who you are, so don't think I'm pointing you out. I mean, like, I know that people go into that coffee shop and complain about service and help. You know, none of those people are paid anything. They do that out of their own good heart to serve you. Yeah, no. Yeah. I don't know who you are. I don't. I care, but I'm going to say I don't care who you are. What I'm saying is, do you understand how we can be so self-righteous that we're, like, demanding service of others? Servers don't like working Sundays because church people come and they suck. (laughs) It's true. Anybody that's worked in the service community, you can ask them. And they all feel the same way about Christians. We want to be served. We've got a self-righteousness within us that thinks that we should be served. The church has promoted it, so don't misunderstand me. We have. For decades, we have tried to Serve every one of your needs. Not saying we shouldn't meet needs. Don't misunderstand me here. But you know, when we look for a church, we're looking for a church that meets our needs. We have certain criteria and it's what I need. That's how I assess the church I go to. And if they don't meet my need, I'm not going back. I'm going to find someone that does what I want. You hear that, church? you understand? I'm not, I'm not rebuking anyone in the room. And if this is your first Sunday, we're glad you're here. And if you don't come back, we love you anyway. I'm serious. The only reason you should ever leave a church is if they're not teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. If God moves you, then move. If God moves you, move. But if it's not God, sit down and serve. Oh, anyway, we could be here for a little while, but we won't. Let's move on. Let's go to the next little, this unrighteous part, which I love. You know, when Jesus said, you know, her sins and they are many, did you notice that he said that? Her sins and they are many. She had a reputation. Everybody knew she was a sinner, the Pharisee knew who she was. She was dirty. She was an outcast in society. No question about it. It's the person that you see and you don't want to make eye contact with. Jesus says her sins, and they are many, are forgiven. It's so amazing. If you're in attendance today in person or online, whenever you may see this message in here, I want you to know right now We do not view you as less. I don't care who you are, where you come from, how you dress, how you look, however you arrived, maybe even how stupid you act when you got here. We we love you, and we're glad you're here, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Church, as we look at this, you see, we make this statement. It's printed on all of our stuff. We're not a perfect church. We're not a perfect people. We're here because we know we need God's help, and he's provided that help through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is our call and our identity, right? Okay. Okay, I want us to understand this part of it because we're not just saying these words to say them, nor are we saying them so that we can continue living in the brokenness of our sin and think we're okay because you're not. Okay, see, what we're saying here is this, that we have come to know Jesus Christ, and we know we're on a journey with him, and that he's transforming us and making us Christ-like through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. So wherever you are and whatever you look like today, we know this, that Jesus is the answer, and that if you will surrender to him, he'll begin a transformational work in your life, where you become like Jesus, and that's why I'm telling you we're not a perfect church because none of us. There's Jesus is only here in spirit; he's not here in person. Right. You nor I are him, but the work of the Holy Spirit is that transformational work that is making us like him. And so when we say we're not a perfect church or a perfect people, I'm not a perfect pastor. I know that, but we recognize that God is doing something, and it is only God that can do it. Of all people, I know what we're lacking in this church. I know. I see things, and I'm part of it. All right, I mean that. I have certain gift sets and abilities, and I have some that I suck at. Okay, so I know we're lacking there, and I'm just waiting for God to provide the answer, and maybe you're it. Stop sitting back. Step up. Whatever it is the Spirit of God is stirring your heart for. If we don't have a ministry for something and God's stirring your heart, then it's time to start one. I mean, I'm all for it. We had one time we had, yeah, I mean, seriously. We had, uh, we had three different recovery programs going on. I think we have one now. And uh, no, we have two, I'm sorry. We actually had four, now we have two. And I'm like, well, I'm fine with it, let's do it. Because there's different ways to speak to different people, right? And how we do stuff. So let's just see where God has us and what he wants. All right, so the fact of the matter is, both the unrighteous and the self-righteous are lost and need saving, okay? And the only hope is Jesus. And so, as we look at this, we, we need to see that both are broken and need Jesus. And so, we're praying and asking God to help us be effective in sharing the gospel with both. And honestly, the church Christians are the hardest ones to get saved, They are, because they don't even see they have a need. They think they're it. (laughs) Uh, So we're asking God for a move, and he's like, I want to move, but some of y'all are in the way. (laughs) I do love you. You remember that part? Okay, I'm just bringing God's message of truth, and he's like, I'm trying to move. But see, until we move, the Spirit of God can't move because the Spirit of God moves through us. That's what he tells us we are his instrument and tool to save this world we are jesus did the work now god's called us to be the workers to deliver the message and the truth so therefore the world's not going to change until we change and embrace the spirit of god and see him moving through us (laughs) all right we need to see everyone not as a lesser not as someone that's beyond reach Not as someone better than us, but objects of God's love. We have two sets of action steps again today. Just so you all know, normally I only do one thing of action steps where we engage the message. I have two sets of them. So I said last week, don't get like packing up your stuff and make your reservations for brunch or whatever's happening because you're not going yet. Okay? (laughs) You're going to lose your seat. Let's do this. I'm watching the time, we're early. Anyway, let's... (laughs) Yeah, anyway. All right. let's do this. Uh, This is a serious part now. Uh, Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? And have you received the new life that He died to provide for you? See, this isn't just, did you say a prayer one day and do you just have your ticket punched to heaven and you haven't changed? No. It's like, Life change, man. Salvation is life change. It is. And if your life's not changing since you said your sinner's prayer, and thats I'm not making fun of that, you understand. I'm saying if, if your life hasn't changed since you said that prayer, then let's revisit that prayer. Because he's a life changer. I mean, oh man, is he amazing. <laughs> We did the uh, prayer ride. Those of those uh, up there at the Village of Oak Creek, they know some of them were part of us. When God called us to go up back in 2009, I think it was our first trip up to Sedona, Arizona, to pray for that place. God was doing some amazing things, and we kept doing prayer rides up there. As many of you know, some of you were part of that. And I'll never forget this moment when we did the special services that were there at that time, my hair was about down to there. It wasn't like as much falling out as it is now. So it was like I had my hair down here, which was okay. It wasn't, let's not talk about my hair. Let's do this. <laughs> See, I was asked to speak at this house, and we were, it was live streamed, and we weren't ones in charge of it or anything. And I was told, step forward. I was wearing all my, we had written up on the motorcycles. It was cold, so I had my Harley shirt uh, jacket on with the vest, my chaps, had a headband on, and my hair was like down this, and I walked up, and I was kind of like standing there, wasn't even paying attention that there was a camera behind me, right? So the camera saw me and saw the speaker up there, and so as this was unfolding and everything was happening there, they had a certain amount of time for us to live stream, and I was just standing there waiting to be called up, and I was just praying because the person was talking and I was just waiting and waiting. And uh, then we lost the live stream. And I was asked to go forward. So I went up and I shared. So here's the, here's the thing I want you to hear. Someone wrote and said, Why didn't anyone go and pray for that lost man that was up there? <laughs> 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 I mean, God bless them. It was awesome because their heart was so sincere. They just saw me and saw me as this lost biker person <laughs> that everyone was afraid to come and pray for. And, um, you know, I, I've, I mean, I did laugh too. I, I mean, we all had a good laugh about it. And the next night I was on there again, you know, live and everything, but I looked a little more presentable at the time. So, by the way, we had just ridden up there, so I know I looked rough. Uh, but, it was, it's so funny because you see how we can, uh, like that, we see righteous and unrighteous. We see people and we immediately say, oh, they need Jesus bad. They may be the most Jesus person you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah. Not that I am. And as we're looking at this, I want you to know I don't care what you look like. I don't care if you've served in this church for the last 20 years. If you don't have a living relationship with Jesus Christ, it's time for you to repent of your church Christianity and come to know Jesus for yourself. He loves you, and there is no way we would ever look down on you. I would have so much more love for you. I mean that in a good way, man. I mean, I'd be so proud of you if one of our church leaders said, you know what, I've been fake all this time and came down here and repented. Seriously. I'm not kicking you out. It's for the first time you'll be ready to serve. Listen, I want to ask you, how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? When you look at your own self and you assess yourself, are you a righteous, a self-righteous an unrighteous person what's reflecting as you look at yourself I'm not asking you to tell me I'm not that doesn't matter it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks how do you see yourself my next question is how do others see you (laughs) other people may see you different than you really are but who you are will be seen and you will be known how does God see you that's the most important thing you will ever answer how does God see you? He's amazing. Now my next, by the way, let's not do that. I'm I'm telling you right now, the altar's open. If this is your first time here and you don't even know what I'm talking about, then we declare this as the altar of God. And we say, if you want to come and do business with God, come forward. You know, and this is the reason why I do this and I ask people to come forward is because if you can't step up in a church and come down and Seek God right here, you'll never make it out there because that's a horrible place. <laughs> it's tainted by sin. And this is a safe place where the Spirit of God is. Amen. Therefore, if the Spirit of God's moving you, you move. It's all about Him and your relationship with Him. It is, church. We need to do it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Now, you should pray for these. <laughs> Father God, you know their hearts, you know each one that's come forward, you know those that are online, those that are forward at the campuses, God, you know us, you know us. (laughs) And if if we have many, many sins, you are an amazing God with amazing grace that reaches us right where we are. Thank you, God. Thank you for being a forgiving, loving, amazing God, Lord, that you are. Thank you. We need you desperately. We need a move of God, Lord. <laughs> Please, God. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. While you're praying, you just let the Spirit of God minister to you. He loves you. He's forgiving you. It's an opportunity for him to do work inside of you. Thank you, Lord. God bless you guys. So thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Church, my second set of action steps is not to stop anyone from their prayers right here. Please don't leave until your heart's right with God, and please share it with someone before you go anywhere. Look, we wrote those names over there on that clause. We believe that the Holy Spirit gave us those names, those people, that one person that we're praying for through the month of August and asking God to use us. Are you praying daily? Are you church? Are you praying? Now, I'm seeing like, we're going to spend this time in prayer and we're going to say, God, do what only you can do. When do you want me to engage them? How do you want me to engage them? Where is it that you have that moment where I can... Share the gospel with them. Pray for them. Lead them to saving faith in Jesus Christ. Church, remember, we're asking God to use us to save them outside the church. They can be saved here. We're not saying no one can get saved here. (laughs) We're asking God to use us to see their lives transformed outside the walls of the church and then to invite them to the church with you to celebrate their new life. And then together, we're going to use those tablecloths, as you know, to put across the communion table and have communion with them. We're inviting them to the table with us as the family of God. Let's pray. Let's believe. Let's be obedient to what God has asked us to be and to do. God wants to do something amazing. I am so excited about this month and what God's doing. I want you to know that. I mean, yeah. Father, here we are. These right here are being transformed by your Holy Spirit right now. There's people online. There's people on the campuses. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in the transformation of a heart when we believe and confess and receive Jesus Christ. Ignite us, Lord. Put us on fire for you that we might share the good news of the gospel with all and pray for them. But, Lord, right now we're specifically asking for those names save their soul. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you. Amen. Yeah. God's awesome, isn't he? God bless you, church. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for you on the campuses. Team Challenge, guys. Love you guys. God bless y'all. Looking forward to the next service. Have, Have a good one.